Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Justin Brown, and we're going to talk about how to get more views on your YouTube videos, and you are going to absolutely love what you hear. By the way, if you want to reach me, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to this podcast, hit that subscribe button. I've got some amazing content coming your way. And finally, I want to wish all of you a happy new year. I'm so excited you're joining me today. Let's now transition over to this week's interview with Justin Brown. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Justin Brown. If you don't know who Justin is, you got to know who this guy is. He is a YouTube expert and video strategist who helps businesses grow an audience and scale their revenue with online video. His program is called Primal Video Accelerator, and his YouTube channel has more than 800,000 subscribers. Justin, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me back on. I am super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Justin and I are going to explore how to get more views on your YouTube videos, and everybody wants more views. Now, last time you were on the show was a long time ago. It was 2016. Wow. And a lot has happened on your channel since then. So why don't yeah. you tell us the story? Bring us up to speed. What's happened with your channel? Go ahead. Yeah, a little bit has changed since then. I think uh, I've probably got a little uh, older and hopefully a little wiser since then. I've definitely got a few more gray hairs. But on the YouTube side of things, I guess where we started was where everyone does. Obviously, everyone starts at zero, but we started with zero strategy as well. We were just putting content up and hoping that that it stuck, hoping that it would go viral, that people would find it. Um, and YouTube really doesn't work that way. And it took us a long time to figure it out. I think we were like six months in and we had less than 50 subscribers. Uh, so it was it was rather frustrating as a video person to, to be not seeing any success at all with this. So we spent a lot of time trying testing. Just tell them a little bit about your backstory about your being a video person, like explain the fact that you used to be involved with film and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it feels like a lifetime ago, but my background is in professional level production. Uh, I've worked on some uh, 
pretty big projects that have ended up on like places like Netflix globally and uh, pretty much most of the major broadcasters in the States as well. So it, I've had these amazing opportunities to work with some crazy people, some big wave surfers, free divers, right through to some really top level influential people as well. So that was my background on the production side, producing, directing, filming, editing. And now essentially what we teach is how people can get the highest return from implementing a video strategy in their business. So how to create videos effectively and efficiently, how to then get eyeballs on those videos or see a return on it, you know, an impact into your business. And obviously then uh, the third piece is on the revenue side of things, how you can you know, see, see a monetary return or in, introduce new revenue streams into your business as well. So back in 2016, when I had you on the show, I think you were pretty small back then, right? I mean, like you probably were what, maybe a year into this journey or something. Does that sound about right? I think we, we started in November of 2014, but that was really yeah, definitely inconsistent. We weren't serious about it until, uh, I would say serious now with a strategy until around November 2016 is where we really started to say, look, we need to take this serious or stop because as a business choice for us, it was to, to bring in leads and traffic into our business and to help and impact people with this stuff. And if that wasn't working, then that was a bad business decision. So that's where we kind of had to take a step back and say, we need to figure this out or we need to stop wasting our time with this. So uh, we did a lot of soul searching, a lot of trying testing, a lot of failing uh, to, to really come up with a strategy that's worked for us. And that's essentially what we teach now. So give everybody some of the stats of kind of where you're at right now. I mean, we, we talked about your subscribers, but talk about how many views you're getting like in a typical month. I mean, I've got the data. I can read it off right now if you want, but you know. <laughs> if you've got the latest data, then that-, that Yeah, would... I'm just going to say it because I have a tool that tells me it. So he's had 69 and a half million views on his channel. And in the last month, he's had almost 3 million views in the last month. And, and just for the record, that's slightly more than my channel has had in the entire year. <laughs> how does that feel? It's strange. It's awesome that we now get to impact millions of people and help millions of people with our content every month. And that's something that a lot of people forget is that whether they're getting 100 views, 10 views, or you know, hundreds of thousands of views, each view is a real person. And I think that's something that you see when you look in the comments and those sorts of things. So a lot of people miss, they just look at the numbers. And so that's where for us, it really is how do we help people with this stuff? And I guess it all kind of flows and snowballs from there because then you start to do some research. What are their biggest pains or problems. Long before they look at, you know, spending money or whatever with us, uh, they're going to Dr. Google or Dr. YouTube to figure stuff out for themselves. And YouTube is an amazing search engine. So for us, we then had to kind of look at how do we give YouTube what it needs so that our content is being shown to the right people, the people that need it, the people that are typing stuff in. How do I figure this out? So how do we find out what it is that they're typing in? And how do we then create those videos and get those shown to those people? That became the journey for us. So that was where we were trying testing, doing a lot of keyword research, a lot of SEO stuff to figure that out. And it really is now a very simple strategy to, to be able to do this. Just some basic keyword research that you can do in YouTube itself to figure out what people are searching for. And for the record, Justin's only publishing a video a week, right? Yeah. So that's kind of exciting to and encouraging. And we're going we're to get into a lot of this stuff in just a minute. But what I would love to ask next is, Perhaps I think you know the most important question, which is why is it important to keep people watching our YouTube videos? Explain what that means and why that's so important to YouTube and the algorithm. Yeah, so it's really important, I guess, for three 
reasons or for three three people that have, have a play in this. The first one is you you obviously need them to watch your videos so they're able to see the value, receive the value that you're giving. The viewer needs to actually stick around to receive that value. And YouTube needs them to stick around or they're going to stop featuring your video for you. So it's so important that when someone commits and they click on your video that you keep people watching your video or it's a bad experience for the viewers, they're out. It's a bad experience for YouTube, so they're going to stop pushing it, which means that you you end up losing out of it as well. So things like what you're saying in your videos, um, what you're doing in your videos, how you're hooking people in, all of these things really come to play once you've got them actually clicked on your video. So for your goal is anyone that's actually joined the video, you've got to try and keep them watching as much of your video as you can. So this is where staying on topic, staying on point, not uh, doing the Ryan Seacrest thing and, and teasing stuff out and <laughs> that's coming up after the break kind of thing. It's people want content fast. So how do you deliver and give your viewers everything that they need? Don't hold back in the video. Don't make them go and watch five other videos after watching yours. How do you give them everything that they need and do it in the most succinct way possible so that they do stick around and watch it in its entirety? And this is kind of something I want to dig a little deeper on because, you know, we're on my end of, of the equation here in the world of social media, right? We're in the world of short attention span media, right? Instagram, seconds, Facebook, seconds, LinkedIn, seconds, TikTok, seconds, right? It's all short form content. But YouTube is the opposite of that. YouTube is yeah. really long form content where the average duration is minutes, not seconds. And that requires marketers who play in the social sandbox to rethink a little bit of their strategy, does it not? Yeah, I think YouTube not only is the content longer form inherently, like people will watch more content on there, it also sticks around a lot longer. Uh, so, so that's one of the biggest benefits of YouTube is that we've got content that's over five years old that's still bringing in over a thousand views a day. Mm. Five-year-old content. There's no other platform out there that gives you that leverage where over time, if you're creating videos that people are watching, you just end up with a massive library of traffic generating content that then can flow into your business uh, and beyond. So that's why we, we like YouTube. And that's really is the power for any business, any marketer looking to grow on there that your content is going to stick around if you go into it with a strategy where you're doing some research up front you're creating the content that people are actually looking for not the stuff that you think that they want and that's a big thing that held us back early on how long is your average video right now i think they are averaging between 12 and 14 minutes some people just freaked out <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't, don't take from that, oh, Justin said I need to make videos of 12 to 14 minutes. That is never my goal. If I can say what I need to say and do it in three minutes, then hey, we're going to release a three-minute video. If it's going to take me 20 minutes to give our viewers everything that they need and for me to do it in as succinct way as possible, that's 25 minutes, then a 25-minute video is going out. It shouldn't be about the length of time. It should be about the depth of the content or and the quality of the content inside your video. So the average right now, yeah, it's around 12 to 14 minutes for us, but that that's not my intention at all. Have you found that the longer videos, like 10 plus minutes, seem to outperform the shorter videos? To be honest, I think it really comes down to the 
the content itself and the topic of the video mm. more so than the length of the video. It really comes down to the video itself as well. So if I'm doing a, a video editing tutorial and it happens to be 25 minutes, someone that clicks on that, they've already got buy-in to it. They're already expecting a longer video. Are you gonna learn everything that you need to know for video editing in a two-minute video? Probably not. So your commitment when clicking on a 25-minute video in that context is that people are more likely to, to watch it longer because they're more likely to get everything that they need to go and see results with it based on it being a longer video. So it really comes down to the actual video content that you're talking about as well. If you've got a 15 minute video on how to adjust the volume on your Mac, I would imagine a lot of people aren't gonna click it because they think this, you know, it's probably simpler than 15 minutes. So I'll go and watch a 10 second video where someone just tells me how to do it really quick. So it, it is gotta be taken into context as well when you're looking at how long your videos should be. Okay. So we've spent some time talking about why it's important to get people to watch your videos. And you said part of it is the algorithm. Part of it is the viewer of the video, right? You know, obviously you want to give them enough time to learn whatever they want to learn or consume whatever they want to consume. And there's a benefit for you as the creator of the video, right? Because the more time they spend with you, the more affinity they have with your brand, the more likelihood they might want to consume more of your videos. They might want to buy your products, right? I mean, that's, is that a summary of the why? Yeah, definitely. Yes. So now let's get into like, what can we do tactically, strategically to keep people watching? Because I know that there is a formula, if you will, that you've come up with. So what do you recommend we do to keep people watching our videos if that really is the goal? Yeah. So it's really important to look at what you're saying in your videos and what you're saying when inside of your videos. So first off, you want to make sure that you're letting your viewers know that they are in the right place. So you've got to think of this, like if you've ever searched for something on YouTube or you've ever just gone to the to the front page of YouTube, you're presented with a lot of different video options for you. Mm -hmm. And there's almost a little bit of anxiety, especially if you've typed, for some, typed in for something specific uh, and all the search results come up. There's a little bit of anxiety. Should I click this one? Should I click that one? Or maybe that one, that one looks like it might answer the question quickest for me or solve my pain or my problem quickest. They'll click your video. That anxiety doesn't go away unless you let them know that they're in the right place. They're, they're, they're constantly thinking, maybe I should click the other one. That other one had a, had a pink logo. That looked, you know, maybe I should click that one. So this, this, like, all of this is happening really, really quick. It's built into all of us that with this, we've got options. Maybe I should click the other one, right? So your goal is to hook them in immediately, let them know they're in the right place, let them know how you're going to deliver the content to them and just make them relax into your content as soon as you can. We used to start our videos back in our unsuccessful days saying, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video. And we would just watch the views drop uh, at that point. You could see people leaving. They didn't care who I was. They just want to know, is this guy that looks like Chris Martin from Coldplay, is he going to solve my pain or problem or <laughs> answer that question uh, that I've just clicked uh, or just typed into YouTube? So that's where, you know, engaging your viewers immediately is super important. Uh, so that comes down to what you're saying in your videos. And so your overall video structure is really important. Is there other parts to this than just the structure? Because I think there might be. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first one. Okay. And by the way, we're going to come back to the structure and like break it down in detail, but there's three parts, right? That you have at a high level structure. And what are the other two? 
Yeah. So the next one is you want to make sure that your content is visually interesting and is engaging for your viewers. Uh, I mean, you could have the best video structure, but if you're just sitting there talking with no visual elements or nothing engaging for your viewers to watch, then they're going to get bored no matter how good the content is. So you want to make sure that your content is visually interesting and engaging. And I can share some tips a little later on on what those kinds of things are. And the third one is you want to try and drive engagement on your video. And what I'm talking about here is actually have people click and engage with YouTube while they're watching so that it's not just someone idly sitting back consuming your content. Yes, that's still good if they stick around to the end, but the best case scenario is you're getting them to engage with YouTube. Now that could be a comment. It could be a like, getting them to engage with a thumbs up or a thumbs down button, uh, or it could be to get them to engage with your actual video itself. Um, One of the recent features or recent additions to YouTube is that they now have a uh, captions, uh, captions, sorry, uh, chapter marks area. So you can have chapters in your videos Mm. and people can click and jump around in your videos. There's another way that people can drive engagement with the platform showing YouTube that you have an active viewer, not just a passive viewer, not just a consumer. Uh, So those are the three things. Video structure creates a visually interesting and engaging video and then try and drive some engagement on your videos. And it could be as simple as just asking for a comment or asking a question or asking people what they use uh, in a particular scenario. But driving engagement is key. Cool. So what I heard you say at a high level is first there's structure, which we're going to dig into next. Then there's these visual elements, which I'm just going to call retention techniques. And then there's the engagement side of things. So let's start with the structure. Uh, You already mentioned the hook a little bit, but if you want to dig a little deeper on how to make a good hook, go for it. Okay, so there's five elements that we use in every video, whether it's for a YouTube video, whether it's for a Facebook Live, there's five elements. So the first one, I've already given it away, was the hook. And this is where we need to make people know that they are, let people know that they are in the right place. Let them relax into your content. So a hook for us is repeating back those keywords that we've done the research, we found out what people are searching for, what, what their pain or their problem is. We're using those exact words back in the first sentence of our video so that it matches what they've typed in or likely typed in or that they're interested to see inside of our video. So it's never, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video. It's, are you looking for the best video editing software on Mac in 2020? When this video, we're going to break it down. That's it. That's your hook. We're telling them what you know, what we're going to cover, and uh, yeah, and that. Why is the, it important that you use the same words that are in the title of the video? What's the What's the story with that? So the story with that is that YouTube is now transcribing your videos. It's looking inside of your video itself to figure out what your content is about, mm. more so than what it's titled, more so than what goes in the titles and the tags. So your goal is to give YouTube everything that you can to best place your content on the platform and put it in front of the right uh, people, the people that need to see it or people that would be interested in seeing it. And what you're saying inside of the video, especially towards the start of the video, it's really looking at that to, to pull apart and work out what your content is about. Excellent. There's actually um, there's some really cool stuff that, that Google and YouTube are doing with this. And they're actually pulling out automatic timestamps from your videos on the Google side of things uh, and driving people straight to snippets inside of your larger form video. So there's some that you know people would search for certain phrases and our content shows up in Google, not in YouTube, and it highlights a 30 second segment in the middle of the video somewhere that speaks directly to that 
phrase that people are searching for. So it's really important to, to understand that YouTube is listening to what you're saying in your videos because whatever keywords or key phrases you can put in there that match what people are typing in as well, that's a great way to get your content showing up in front of the right people. Yeah, and I've experienced that with some of our YouTube videos where, you know, in Google search, it's big at the top. I mean, you talk about it, it's like an ad almost, but it's above the ads. It's literally the first thing you see, right? It's massive. And it's like, there's your video and it's like pre-selected this range of the video and you just hit play, right? And it's right there in Google search. And man, when that happens, that's huge, right? <laughs> for yeah, the video. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you can pay to play on Google, right? You want to, you want to get to the top, you run an ad, except that these videos and a lot of YouTube videos now are placed in Google above the ad area. Right. So you actually can't pay to be in those positions. You have to organically rank to be in those positions, which is really powerful. Okay. So you said there's five parts. The first one was the hook. What's, what's next? The next one is your intro, and this is where you're going to introduce yourself, you can introduce your channel, but you're also going to go into a little bit more information or a little bit more detail around the content that you're going to be delivering as well. So an intro or an example of an intro that we would use would be, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video, where we help you grow an audience, scale your revenue with online video. And running with our uh, example of best video editing software, I would then say, something relatable to anyone that that has experienced the pains and problems of looking for video editing software. So I would be bridging that in with something like, so if you've ever searched for video editing software or looked for video editing software on Mac, you'll understand that there's a lot of different options. So in this video, we're gonna break it all down for you and I'm gonna share my top picks to help you decide which one is the best one for you. So we've told them how the content is going to be delivered. It's almost like an expansion on your hook a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. It's the next level from that. So we, in a lot of cases, you're almost repeating it, but going into more information, more detail around it and how it's going to be delivered. So if we say you're going to share the top five, uh, then people will know to stick around for the top five, even if they've heard one, two, three, and four before. Uh, five could be the game changer for them. So you've explained how you're going to be teaching them or how you're going to be helping them. This is important because a lot of people skip the hook and just do the intro, right? Where they just have this little fancy schmancy music playing in the background with their logo, or they say, here's who I am and what I do. But the hook is like the, like in television, it's like the preview, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's short. It's, it's a teaser. It's yeah. a teaser. Exactly right. But it's, it's more direct, right? And then you explain who you are and what you do in, very quickly. I would imagine how many seconds is yes. it? Are we talking like two seconds, five seconds? What are you talking about? It would be 10 to 15 at the most. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it's got to be short and sharp. But that's where your hook is so powerful because people actually start to relax into your content after you've delivered the hook. Mm. If your hook is good enough and it matches what they're looking for, which doing that research, you, you'll be able to figure that out, then you've actually bought yourself up to minutes to really get in before you get into the content. We've experimented with this. And in some cases, it's at the two minute mark in the video where I actually start delivering the content huh. after the hook and intro. And the watch time on those videos is still really big. So, but the, the hook and the intro are critical to getting people to relax into your content. Perfect. What's the third part of the video structure? The third one is the actual content itself. Uh, so that's where you got to deliver and what you've promised in the hook and in the intro. And as I mentioned just before, a great way to keep people engaged through the content is to use lists or numbers. I'm going to share the top five. By the way, let's pause for a second. Notice we did that exact thing in this podcast. We said there's five. We didn't say what they all are. And you're waiting to hear them, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> That's it. <laughs> there was a reason I didn't list them all out. Yeah, I was kind of surprised you didn't, but I'm like, now I get it, right? <laughs> Keep going. I think it's just habit now. This is all stuff that can be learned. This yeah. is stuff that we're grown to. I mean, I love that. I love that inception. But you, you think about all the shows that we watch on TV, they're doing this all the time. I know that we're going to get into some retention strategies because that's what we're talking about here, keeping people engaged right. in your content. But this stuff is happening all the time. And just using a couple of these simple strategies is going to really change the game. You know what? I'm going to just say we, we're doing this wrong on our YouTube channel because we'll actually say there's five things and we'll show what they are. I think we shouldn't show what they are, right? Because that might get people to stick around a little bit longer, right? Yeah. And, and that's where um, and I said, we're going to get to in a second, but just opening loops. And so if you're comparing products and you might say the, the, this feature is really good on this one, but it lacks here. But don't worry, the next option I've got for you, uh, that's going to solve that problem. But we'll right. get to that in a minute. Like people are like, oh, okay. I need to stick around for that next bit. So in the content, your whole, you're obviously going to deliver on what you've promised, but you also need to keep them engaged through that section. And that's where there's some strategies to do that too. And this stuff has been around forever, like top 10 lists where they start with number 10 and go down to number one, right? Like David Letterman used to do this back in the day when he was on TV. I mean, this is not new concepts, right? The idea that there's going to be X things I'm going to share with you, but it totally works. Why do you think it works? Because of the open loops, right? Is that why? It really is because of the open loops. And as humans, we like to see things through to completion or hear things through to completion. We hate when uh, an open loop isn't closed or, uh, you know, we're, we're told that there's five things. If there was only four things that you delivered, people will be frustrated with your content and they might not work out why. Uh, some people, others would be like, Hey, you said that there was five and there was four. So some people pick up on that. Others are just not feel complete with the content. So that's where explaining how the content is going to be delivered is really important because there's, there's different ways that people will learn and, and will pick up different things. And so you're trying to hit across all the different personality types by explaining how the content is going to be delivered. There's some people that just won't care. There's like, all right, cool. Just get to the content. But there's other people that need to know how it's going to be, uh, laid out and, and it needs to then follow that that uh, that path. I think that's really wise because there's some people that want to know whether I'm going to abandon ship at this point. Um, and if you don't give any signal of structure, then they've got no reason to continue to watch your 12 minute video. Right. So but if you tell them, like if you do them the favor of saying we're going to discuss five important things, here's the first one. That gives them at least some sense that if they don't resonate with the first one, maybe they'll stick around for the second one. But if you never did that, they might abandon immediately, right? That's it. Yeah. And especially with that, that I say anxiety, it's not, you know, the, the anxiousness that people have is, oh, should I have clicked that other video? Right. All of this is amplified. So that's where this stuff becomes really important. And this is what we're, we're constantly trying and testing new ways to let people understand what our content is about all inside of this structure, this five part structure. But we're looking at different ways we can open loops and keep people hooked to the end and those sorts of things. Perfect. What's number four? So number four is, we like to call this a bonus. So this is an over-deliver, where essentially you're over-delivering on the content that your viewer has come for. So it's not something that they expect to see, but it's a bonus for them that you know that they're going to be interested in. And this is something that you could tease or open this loop back in the intro. So when you're just before you get into the content, you might say something like, make sure you stick around to the end because once we're done with the five steps or five options. Uh, I'm also going to share with you 
two tips that are going to change the game for you or whatever it might be. So in our case of the video editing software uh, example, I would say make sure you stick around to the end because I'm going to share two game-changing tips that'll help you edit faster no matter which editing software you're using. So I've excluded no one from that. I know they're interested in video editing software because that's the topic of the video. So who wouldn't be interested in learning how to edit faster based on the topic of the video already. So what can you give your viewers? What can you share with them that is related, is maybe solving the next pain or problem for them, or the next hurdle they're gonna have once they've overcome whatever it is that you're sharing in the in the primary content? What else can you give them? Now, this is huge to getting them to stick around to that piece in the video. So obviously after the content, that's where you're gonna deliver on that bonus. Share those tips, mention another resource that they could download to help them. That's your bonus or your over deliver. I love that. We've had great success using that with almost all of our videos have a little animation that pops up with a little shaky kind of thing and a certain kind of sound. I don't know, like almost like it's a, we don't know what's inside of it, you know, but you know, like stick around to the end and you'll discover blah, blah. And then we have this, just this little subliminal little visual on the screen, which is probably going to be a good transition into the next section, but I don't, but I want to get to the fifth thing. What is the very last part of the structure? The fifth thing is you call to action. And that's what's the next step? If someone makes it right to the very end of your video, they've either fallen asleep, which is probably unlikely, but <laughs> those, those are your action takers. Those are the people that loved your content and want to know what the next step is. Right. And there's so many people that will just link people off to their own videos, whether it's the next best video for the viewer or not. So what I'm saying here is you need to make sure this journey is complete for the viewers. And if you don't have the next best video for them on your channel, that's gonna be related to what they've watched or what else they might be interested in watching next, then send them to someone else's mm. video that is going to be the next best thing. So an example from our channel, obviously with running video editing example, I wouldn't link them to anything around filming, even though, uh, filming and editing go hand in hand. If someone is in the headspace of watching a video on video editing, what else can I give them that's related to video editing? Is it uh, tips to edit faster or more, more tips to help them edit faster? Could be audio editing too, right? It could be audio editing, yes. But I wouldn't, like filming, while, while it's close, it's a bit of a stretch. So the reason that you want to do this is that one of the metrics that YouTube holds really, really high is session time. You've heard of the YouTube rabbit hole where people you know, go on and watch a video, they end up watching cat videos and all sorts of things. And they, they say now that YouTube rabbit hole that people go down is averaging around 45 wow. minutes. Now, if your video starts a session. So someone comes onto YouTube, watches your video, and then they keep that session going. They're not leaving or closing out on YouTube totally at the end of your video. They go on to watch more and more videos because you've helped them with that viewing journey. Then that holds really high for your channel and for that video. So if you don't have the next best video, send them to someone else's. Obviously, it's got to be a good one. Okay. Now you got to expand on that one because a lot of people are like, that's like, what? Like some people are thinking, what? So do you intentionally try to seek out one that ranks higher than yours and literally send the traffic? I mean, wh wh what do you do there? Give us a couple tips on that. So I would say that especially if you're starting out or you've got a smaller channel, then linking to a bigger channel. Uh, obviously, the, the content is the most important piece. It's got to be a good video. It's got to be related first and foremost. But yes, if it's on a bigger channel, then you're going to start to create some ties, a relationship between your channel and your audience with these bigger channels. So YouTube can start recommending your content off the back of it. If it's seeing that people are going from your video to theirs and watching it, then they can start to build that relationship with your channel and your viewers based off the 
these bigger channels as well. So there really is some big benefits in doing this. That doesn't mean that you need to do it all the time. Obviously, um, you know, we, we don't want to be constantly sending people to, to other places. If you do have the next best video, then, you know, keep it in-house and send them to your own videos or link them off to your own resources. So for us, growing our email list on YouTube or from YouTube is, is one of the, the, the biggest business side strategies that we have. Growing our email list is super powerful. And we do that organically from our YouTube channel. But we're not linking off at the end of every video saying, hey, uh, come and grab our free PDF guide. It's, it's only where it's a fit. So if we're talking mm -hmm. editing, we have an editing guide. If we're talking filming, we have a filming guide. If it's anything outside of that, then we're linking them to other videos or anything that's you know not related, exactly lined up related, then they're going to another video, ours or someone else's. So I'd imagine you could record it in such a way like, and check out this awesome video on blank, right? Like on uh, advanced video editing. And for a while, it could be on other channels. And then eventually you could swap it out for one of your own because it's an end card, right? Yeah, that's it. You can change them out. So you, a great, great idea. Um, yeah, so that's that's the beauty of this stuff is it's not just set and forget. You can come back in and tweak and adjust things as well. We've had videos that we found uh, weren't performing. We released them and they had a little bump of views and then crickets. Uh, we've gone back in, changed some of those inputs to YouTube, the thumbnail, the title, the tags, and it's given it a refresh in the YouTube algorithm and, uh, and treated it as if it was a new video. And some of those videos uh, are still bringing in a ton of views today. And now, you know, four to five years on just from refresh that. So yeah, going back and changing your, your things like your end cards and where you're linking to is, uh, is definitely something that you can do. Okay. We spent a lot of time talking about structure. Let's talk about these retention techniques because I think this is fascinating stuff. What have you discovered? Okay. So we've already talked about the opening, opening the loops and getting people to stick around to the end. And how we've mentioned already to do that is by having, you know, five steps. People are going to stick around for number five. You can also do this with different ways, like a, a pattern disruption. So changing up your videos. So um, what I'm talking about here is not just your face on screen the whole time. I like to play a game without editors. Let's hide Justin's face. So if it's just me looking uh, and, and talking to camera the whole time, it's gonna be pretty boring for people. They've got a pretty boring face. So what can we do? What fun things can we do in our video to make it more engaging for the viewers so that it's constantly changing and constantly mixing stuff up so that it is engaging. So for that, we could go as simple as doing a, a zoom cut where one shot, the same shot is just zoom zoomed in a little bit. So you could easily do something like that. Or to use multiple cameras if you want to get fancy while you're filming. You could switch between a different camera angle. You could use B-roll or overlay footage. So if you're showing a product or mentioning a product, you could show footage of that product. Again, to help your viewers understand what the content is about, to better learn everything that you're teaching them, but also to just keep it visually changing, visually appealing. If that's all too hard, you could purchase stock footage. There's some amazing websites now where, where we use a lot of stock footage in our videos. Uh, and it's just off the shelf footage that you can apply into your videos. Do you have some uh, suggested websites that you use? I'm a big fan of Storyblocks. Storyblocks is a great one because it's a one-time fee or it's a yearly fee and you just get access to their catalog. Um, and, and we're not sponsored by anyone for saying anything like that. But this is, um, Storyblocks is where we go to get most of our B-roll footage for our videos. So wait, they don't have just photography, they have video and photography or is it all, is it all video footage? I just go into the video area, but I'm pretty sure they have photos, they have music and those sorts of things as well. So what, what do you find in there? G give us an example of like what, how that works just so people could understand that, like use some words to describe 
how you would search for something and how you might use that video clip over the top of your voice. Okay, so if I'm creating a video on say how to film with your smartphone, then I'm, I, I mean, I can go and shoot my own B-roll of me filming with smartphones or I could go and spend a ton of time setting up a shoot and, and bring in some some friends or family members or anyone that'll help out to, to create some of these shots that we could then use and of people filming with their smartphones. Or we can go to places like Storyblocks and we could just search for iPhone video or someone filming or phone photography and there's people there playing with their phone. Ah. So we're using those clips in so it saves me the time of having to go and film everything. And it's all professionally shot and it looks good and it can save you a ton of time. And it's copyright. You've got the, they're not going to have any claims against you or whatever, right? Because you're a subscriber, you get the rights to be able to use that and monetize that, right? That's it. So there are some free sites and I never recommend them. Licensing, especially on YouTube, but on any platform is not something you want to be dealing with. If, if you've got the rights to everything or you've, you've paid the license for everything, then uh, you're not going to have any issues. And we're not talking a, a lot of money to have this. I think it's around the $190 a year for unlimited access. Oh, wow. It's so, you know, once a year fee, that's a no brainer with how much time it's going to save you with your videos. So you said, you know, with your editors, you tell them, hey, let's play the cover Justin's face. How often are you like switching between different kinds of views within a video? What I mean, uh, how many seconds before you run a change or whatever? Is it like really fast or is it like every 10 seconds just so people can kind of think about this in their mind? I think if I had to pick a time around, I would say 10 to 15 seconds, but it does come okay. down again to to what we're saying in the video as well. If there is a critical part uh, where I'm, I'm dropping some absolute knowledge bombs or something, a critical piece in the video, then that's where you want to be on camera for that. So, so that people mm. can see that you're genuine, see that you're, you know, the emotion and everything in behind what it is that you're saying. Um, so being on camera for that stuff is critical. But yeah, if it's 10 to 15 seconds, we'll, we'll try to use something and it doesn't mean that I'm totally gone. So I, the strategies I've given you so far, like B-roll stock footage, that, that's, that's to cover me up. I'm not on screen. But it could also be that you, like, for what we do, is bring in just text, animated text. So it's something moving on the screen, something animating in, or text showing up on screen, even if it's just highlighting the, the main words that I'm saying, just popping those up. Even that is enough to break that uh, the boredom or the, to keep that interesting for people. Uh, it's enough of a change up just having simple things like text as well. Psychologically, like what is exactly going on? Why is it important to do this kind of stuff? I mean, you you might be saying you don't like people. You think it's boring for people to look at your face, but there's something bigger going on here, right? I mean, what exactly is like the psychological reason why we don't just see a talking head in for 10 minutes straight? I mean, w any thoughts on that? Well, I mean... It's, there, there are videos that you will see where a talking head could go for 30 or 40 minutes and people are so engaged. So it has to be about the content first and foremost. But secondly to that, it's how can you best describe something? How If you really want your viewers to understand what it is you're saying and to go and take action with it, that's where breaking it up with B-roll footage and those sorts of things to help the viewer understand the content and to go and take action with it is really important. But the overall thing is that you know, as humans, a lot of us don't like to sit still. A lot of us don't like to just watch the one thing, uh, like watching paint dry. If there's not much movement, then it can be easy for right. people to click off on something else. And YouTube, out of all the platforms, it's also a distraction game. 
YouTube wants to keep you watching the next video. So it's always teasing the next video for you. There's always other videos for you to click on screen. That's where this becomes really important as well and keeping your viewers engaged in your content so that YouTube's dangling the carrot off to watch another video. The moment someone is bored, they're like, all right, I've seen enough of this. I'm onto the next one. And that next one that YouTube is suggesting looks pretty interesting. I'll just click it now. So that's where this stuff is important. And there is some psychology stuff going on here, I believe, and I'll just kind of wax poetic for a second, but I believe that we are easily bored humans, right? Especially when we have a device in our hand that with one flick, we can go over to another platform or we or there's notifications coming up while we're watching a video, right? We're getting a text message in the background and all this other stuff, right? So doing something to disrupt the uh, zoning out, right? Which is what we do a lot of times when we're sitting there with our phone. Just these simple things you're talking about, like zooming in on the face or you know, putting some text up on the screen allows, I would imagine certain parts of the brain to kind of key in and zoom in and focus in so that they'll not get distracted. Right. Because, you know, some people are amazing orators, right. And you can listen to them forever and they can sow stories and, and you just want to listen to them for hours, but that's not most of us. (laughs) Right. So using these techniques allows the person to not to stay focused and also stay informed, right? The text up on the screen, maybe you said it too fast, right? So putting that text up on the screen will allow them to not have to rewind, right? I don't know. So yes. what else? Yeah. No, I agree. And, and if, if anything, it's all of this has been perpetuated with, as you said, they're like quick access to stuff. Like our attention spans are only shortening with, we, we can, I mean, look, look at TikTok as a platform. How quick are you scrolling through content or Instagram right. reels? Like if, if you're not interested, right. you're out. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting that all of that is changing so quick uh, and it's only getting worse. So you need to be keeping people engaged in your videos. You've experimented with progress bars. Tell us a little bit about why you do that. Well, first of all, what it is and, and what, what your thoughts are on them. So a lot of people have probably seen a progress bar on Instagram or on LinkedIn uh, with people like Gary V posting videos where you've got that little red bar that fills up along the bottom. So we, we looked at that and said, right, what if we broke our content down into sections so that people could easily see where the next section is coming up. Um, Now, there's a lot of science, a lot of psychology behind the progress bar. Again, it's like an open loop for our brain. Our brain wants to see that bar fill up. Even if you are bored with the video, there's a part of your brain that will want to see that bar fill up Mm. to completion. So we've started putting a progress bar in our videos. And if I say I'm gonna share the top five ways to do something, top five options for something, um, you'll see them fill up. You'll see that they've got the five options along the bottom. So you'll know where you're at in the video, which makes it easy for people to jump around in the video and go back and forth between the different options. Or if they're bored, skip forward to the next one. Uh, but it also tells them how long is next. And a lot of people want to stick around to see that bar fill up. So it helps people engage with your content and watch your content. But it also subconsciously is helping them stick around longer in the video because they want to watch that fill out, whether they're aware of that or not. So yeah, this is something that's been working really well for us is adding a progress bar into our video itself. What about sound effects? Sound effects is something that we use from time to time, but maybe not as much as we should. There is, again, a lot of science around audio and breaking the pattern recognition and those sorts of things with audio. I know that you guys are playing with audio in some of your videos. We do a lot of audio, like I mentioned in our intro, when we say, and stick around to the end, we have a little like box and and it shakes and you can hear the shake like there's something inside the box right and sometimes we'll have like little like sounds like from a video game or whatever right like you know just to kind of indicate something important right 
And we do use music, of course, in our opening. But I think sound is another layer, if you will, right? Because it's not visual, but it's auditory, but it, it, it definitely draws you in. It's like a bell going off, right? When we were kids, you heard a bell going off and it's probably because somebody in the neighborhoods was ringing a cowbell to tell you to come home. <laughs> and, and I think there's something there, you know? So... I definitely think there's something there. Uh, and I think that where, where we use them as well is that we have sound effects whenever we bring up a title on screen. Right. And so I guess if someone is distracted, they're looking at their phone or something and they're used to hearing that or every time there's a title that comes up, it could force them to, to oh, is it another title? Right. What did I miss? So they're able to quickly grab their attention back using sound as well. That's the extent that we've kind of used it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's another great uh, retention tool as well. Okay, let's in the last minute or so talk about engagement techniques. Okay. Uh, engagement techniques. What we're talking about here is people engaging with your actual videos. So I already uh, teased this one a little bit earlier, where these days you want to try and get people engaging with your video content, uh, no matter which platform, but, but specifically on YouTube. And this is where it could be as simple as asking for a like, asking for a subscribe, or asking for a comment. All of this means that you've got active people watching, not just someone passively watching, consuming content, which is what YouTube's wants, YouTube wants to see. So the biggest one that we're seeing right now, though, uh, besides asking for a like, we now ask for a like in our videos, not a subscribe, because it's a lower commitment for people. They're a lot more likely to click a like button than to click subscribe, because there's, again, things that come up for people. Do I really want to be notified every time this person posts a video? Maybe, maybe not. So we ask for a like, because whether they subscribe or not, then YouTube is going to send them more of our content ah. if they watched it. If they stuck around and watched uh, a decent percentage of our content, it's YouTube's goal then to put more of our content in front of them. So the whole subscriber number thing is actually losing its value uh, in, in regards to your subscribers seeing your content. YouTube's looking a lot further than who subscribes to what channels. And I guess uh, I can speak for myself. Most of the content that I watch I'm not actually subscribed to those channels. So that's where getting people to do a small thing like like instead of subscribe, you can end up with more views and more subscribers overall in the long run because people are going to see more of your content uh, organically. When do you ask for a like and how do you ask for a like? When and how? Okay, so when I would say is in the intro, after I said, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video, I will say something along the lines of, if you're seeing value in this video, give it a thumbs up. It really makes a huge difference. So we give them a reason why it does make a huge difference. Um, and then I'll also tease it throughout the video. And normally though, throughout the content piece or throughout the, the bonus section of the video, we've just got a little title that comes up. Or we've also been experimenting with a little mini Justin. We hired a green screen and we went and... Uh, I did a whole heap of random actions and uh, we, we use that. So a little mini Justin will walk on screen holding a sign that says, uh, remember to uh, give the video a thumbs up or I'm holding a big thumbs up emoji huh. or something. Do you do that right after you've delivered a really good piece of value? Is that the idea? Yes. That's it. That's it. it. It'd be, you know, if, if I knew something that was you know a game changing tip or something uh, or, or a big piece of value, then yes, this is a great time to either ask people to subscribe or to give the video a thumbs up. Huh. <laughs> yeah. And that makes, again, it makes, it makes a huge difference. Uh, it's like the simple thing. People want subscribers, ask for subscribers. We're going to do that. I'm so, I, I can already visualize it. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the game for us now is what crazy stuff can we do? What silly stuff can we do? Whether it's going to work or not, but what right. can we test to see 
what's going to help this engagement, what's going to help people stick around in our content. And ideally we want them to, I mean, if we can using these little mini Justin's on there, if we can get people to click back on the video, like interact with the video and say, what was that like a mini Justin? Was he holding a sign or something? Like these things aren't full in your face. They're pretty small on the screen. So people are then interacting with the video, which is what that's, that's what we want them to do. That's what YouTube mm. wants them to do. And that's where those timestamp features or the, the chapter marker features inside of your videos now is a huge thing. People can jump around in your content. And we've actually found that this has increased our watch time, not detracted from it. People like if you're, if you're giving people the, the ability to jump around in your content, isn't that killing your watch time? In actual fact, what we've found is that there is always a big percentage of people that will click our videos or click any videos and leave because they think that they're not in the right place. Maybe our hook wasn't strong enough for that exact person. But by having these chapter markers along the bottom, then people can jump around in the video, quickly see, yes, oh good, they do speak about that. Then they go back to the start and watch it. Or they just watch that section. Either way, they've watched more than they would have if we didn't have those chapter markers in there. So we are, that, that's another way that you can drive engagement on your video is get people to actually engage with the video itself. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Awesome, Justin. Well, if people want to go ahead and follow you now, on YouTube and or wherever you want to send them, like where can they go to find you? So I think if, if you're looking to create quality videos, if you're looking to grow an audience on YouTube or you're looking to look at the revenue side and, and scale your revenue and your impact, then I'd say if you head to primalvideo.com, we've got categories and stuff there to help you dive straight to the area that you need most. Awesome. Justin Brown, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me today. Thank you very much for having me on. And by the way, if you missed anything during this interview, we took all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 439. If you're new to this show, hit that subscribe button. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.